ever wonder what other road trippers carry with them when they hit the road? Do you leave home with the feeling that you are forgetting something? I went out to my truck and made a list of all the things that I regularly carry with me when I'm towing my trailer as well as when I'm just hoteling it on a trip. Some items are for safety purposes, other I carry in the event of an emergency, and some are just for comfort. My Road Trip Essentials on this week's show. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a girl camper. I go places and do things with other adventurous and curious women. We camp like girls in tents, vans, travel trailers, motorhomes, and even cars. We travel solo and in groups to girl camping gatherings, large and small, to bucket list destinations with friends, or on our own to wherever the wind blows us. On this show, we'll talk about the qualities of a girl camper and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party and you're invited. Stay tuned while we share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. The Girl Camper Podcast is brought to you by our consortium of girl camper friendly RV dealerships. General RV with 13 locations in the U.S., Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee. Also providing support and sponsorship for Girl Camper is Campco Manufacturing, makers of over 4,000 products for your RV, boat, and tailgating needs. And GoRVing.com, home base for everything you need to get started RVing. And of course, our friends at Liberty Outdoors, makers of the Max and Mini RVs. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster, and this is episode 193 of Girl Camper, the podcast. Well, I'll be the first to admit that the list of things I carry with me on a trip has changed and grown over the years. Now, there's a lot of stuff I don't carry anymore, like six coats and 10 pair of shoes, but also lots that I never thought to put in my car many years ago when I started RVing. Most of what has been added came about because I needed it and didn't have it. Fortunately, RVers are very generous people and are quick to loan you something you might need. My list today has to do with the car, the road itself, and not the camper. So you won't see sewer hoses and axes on this list, We'll save that stuff for another day. Today, it's just what I carry in my tow vehicle, whether I'm towing my camper behind me or just taking it on an overnight trip. So stay tuned. Before we head into our show, I have a message from our friends at Kimco. Kimco, you know, they make things. Things for RVing, things for boating, things for tailgating, things for grilling. Things for maintaining and restoring our RVs. So it's that time of year. Those of us in the cold weather states have come to dread the time of year that we have to winterize our RVs. You're going to need a few things to do that. And as luck would have it, Campco has them. Campco makes and sells everything you need to winterize your RV, including the antifreeze, 
which gets shipped in a concentrate so it doesn't weigh as much. It's not this big, heavy box, 16-pound box. It comes in two gallon containers, but each container holds 36 ounces of fluid. You add the water to it, and then you have a one-gallon supply of antifreeze for your RV, for your boat, for your pool, for your summer home, whatever it is that you are going to have to winterize. A two-gallon supply is just $15.99 on Amazon, and you can also get any hoses, couplers, siphons, anything you need for that sad task at hand. So thank you, Camco, for making things that make our lives as RVers and boaters so much nicer. Go RVing has something to tell you, too, and they want you to know that if you have an RV, you get to bring it all with you. RVing lets you bring all the things as well as your family members and friends on your next vacation. Whether it's bikes or kayaks, your kitchen and cooking essentials, a four-legged friend or maybe two, or maybe just that craft project you've been trying to finish and put off for too long, you can take all of that in your RV. To learn more about how I and all the other Go RVing bloggers make the most of our RV travels, visit the Scenic Route blog at GoRVing.com. Find your way. Go RVing! Okay, well today I'm talking about things that RVers and road trippers need in their car. So there are certain things that every RVer and road tripper just need in their car for safety purposes, but then there are other things that we want to carry with us in case of an emergency. And I mean this sincerely when I say there are things that have been in my car in the event of an emergency for 10 years, and I've never used them once. But you can bet your bottom dollar if I take it out, that's going to be the trip that I need it. So it's staying in there. I got a couple other things on my list that I just keep in there because I love comfort. I do not want to be cold, tired, without my pillow. So I'm going to go over the things I carry for safety in the event of an emergency and for comfort. So let's start with safety first. Now, I do know that I have talked about some of the things that I carry in my truck uh, um, for safety before, maybe in a gear guide or something, but I'm going to go over them again so that we'll have all the information in one blog post here about everything I carry in my truck. And also, we have so many new listeners that maybe they didn't hear it yet. So starting with safety, I want to talk about the tire pressure tester and a tire inflator. So... I use the Ryobi cordless 18 volt. It's a dual function inflator and deflator, but it also has the measuring device on it to tell us how many PSIs are in our tire. So this little thing performs a lot of functions. I've had it for three years now, still working like a charm. I really love it. I I think I paid under $50 for it. I looked it up today and it was $47.99. I think when I bought it, it was even cheaper than that, but... The reason it's important to have a battery-powered inflator is because you're supposed to test your tires before you drive even one mile. They really have to be stone cold. Tires heat up really quickly, so even if you drive five miles to a gas station, your reading is going to be off. Now, presumably, you're not parked at a gas station overnight, so you're going to be testing them at the campground. And if they are low, you're going to want to inflate them there and not even drive uh, without having the right uh, PSI in your um, tires. 
So this tool reads the tire pressure on a digital screen, and if you do need air, you can set it to the PSI that you want, and it will automatically turn off when it reaches that number. I really like that, because you know when you're at the gas station, and you're pulled up to the air pump, and you're dropping quarters in it, and you put you know, you fill it up and it makes all the noise and you wait and then you get out your tool and oh no, I'm still down three pounds. You put some more and it seems like a long time, but when you come back and check it again, somehow only one pound of air went into the thing. So I love this because you set the number that you want, you turn it on and it very quickly blows up the tire. And when it gets to the point that of the PSI number that you want, it shuts off automatically. So this thing also inflates rafts, air mattresses, and pool toys. All of the different hose fittings that you need to work all these different things sit into this thing. There's a little holder for all of them. The little hose that you use for pool toys and rafts and things like that wraps up around it. The battery on this thing is one of those lithium batteries. So it charges really quickly. But more importantly, it holds a charge for a really long time. That's important because if you find yourself boondocking someplace and all of a sudden I need air, you don't have any place to charge that battery, you want that battery to hold a charge and the lithium batteries do that. Now, Ryobi has started making a smaller handheld version of this and it it looks like a handheld drill. It's about $15 cheaper and it's a bit smaller. If you don't already have one, you might want to look at that one. I really love all of these little Ryobi battery items because these batteries are interchangeable. So I have a couple of Ryobi things I carry with me and I use the same battery on all of them. Um, I have the battery operated drill and I have a chuck that goes in that that I could in my old camper, not in this one, unfortunately, but I used to be able to raise and lower my stabilizing jacks with that thing, which made it all go very quickly. I still do use that drill a lot for other things and I have had to use that drill in order to raise and lower my electric tongue jack when it was broken. Um, I also have their little shop vac, their little... um, handheld vacuum. I use that all the time and it has a little attachment on it that helps me get dirt out of the track in my screen door because I have a screen door that recesses into the wall and it opens on a track and when that track gets dirty the screen doesn't slide well. I have never found anything to get that dirt out of there as well as my little Ryobi handheld vacuum. So I love all of their stuff. This particular model I have will inflate a car tire from flat to full in just four minutes. It inflates a twin air mattress in 30 seconds. It has onboard storage for all of the accessories. And as I said, the battery is interchangeable. So love that thing. Now, another thing I keep in my car with me all the time is just a car emergency kit. There's a lot of them online. Um, I went online and I looked and a lot of times it'll say 40 items for $42. And then when you look at them, it's like, five things that are important and like 35 band-aids because they always have a little um, first aid kit in them. But some of the important things when you're looking for a car emergency kit that you want to make sure you have are reflectors. So if you had a flat tire, it was dark, you had to pull over, you want a set of reflectors and you really need more than one. A lot of these car emergency kits only come with a single triangle 
and you may have to buy more. Um, mine came with one triangle, but I have others. I have battery operated ones and I have a set of like 1940s old school reflectors. They weigh a ton, but they don't blow away either. So they set up on the road and they catch the lights coming at you. So you need more than one reflector, but they should have it in there. Another thing that a lot of them have, and I think it's important to have in your kit, is a reflective safety vest. So I, I hate it when I see somebody on the side of the road and they're, you know, they're barely pulled over or they're on the shoulder as far as they can get and they're trying to change a flat tire themselves. You really want to have that reflective safety vest. You know, you can't always count on your flat tire to be on the inside. Sometimes it's on the traffic side and you want to be as safe as you can be. Um, you want to have a tow rope in it. I've never had to use one myself um, while I'm camping, but I have used it at home um, when my husband dumped our tractor into um, the pond by accident. We had to tie it up and and pull pull it out of the mud. So I don't know. I've seen them used many, many times. I've never had to use one on the road, but I I like having it. So here's a funny item on my list that when I got it in my kit, I thought, what would I need these for? And I ended up using them all the time. So the kit I bought came with a set of gloves with gripping palms. So just a pair of like cotton gloves, but the inside of those gloves have little blue rubbery things on them that help you grip things. I use these so often that I don't even keep them in my uh, emergency kit anymore. I There's a couple of tools that I use all the time, and I keep them in the the bucket inside the door of the passenger seat behind me. That's where I keep frequently used items that I don't want to dig in the back of the truck for. I have used these gloves all the time. It's really handy to have these, you know, when you're just, I have an electric tongue jack, but if you don't, it's really handy to have them. And just because you're dealing with the ball and the um, hitch sometimes, things are greasy and you don't want to get your hands dirty. But anyway, if you can find a kit with a pair of those, I use them all the time. Not for the sewer tank that requires actual rubber gloves, but these gripping gloves, so good. Um, the safety hammer and a seat belt cutter. Um, this is one of those things you just, you know, never want to have to need, but just feels good to have it in the car. So the safety hammer is like this diamond tip thing. And what it does is it breaks your windshield or your passenger door. So, um, this is the kind of thing that you want to have in case of a dire emergency. But when I think about this thing, I think maybe I'm never going to need it for me. But you never know if you would come upon an accident in which someone is trapped in a car. And when you use that little diamond tip in the corner of a car window or windshield, it shatters into a thousand pieces. And then there is a seatbelt cutter on it too. So if you ever had to pull somebody out of a, a car that was on fire or something god forbid you know it's just one of those things that i mean they, they come with it or if you buy them separately they cost like 10 bucks it's good thing to have the thing about this tool though if you ever need this tool you're gonna want to be able to get at it the one i had came with a velcro strip and it is velcroed right inside my driver door so if your car ever rolled or anything and you were upside down but conscious and had to cut yourself out of it you you know where it is and you can reach for it so you have to secure it in a way where you can get to it if you need it 
Hope you never need it. Hope nobody else ever needs it. Okay, another thing in my kit was the hand-driven LED flashlight. This is one of these flashlights. I have one from Ikea, too. It has a handle on it that you twist, 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 twist. So it causes the battery to be charged and lights up your flashlight. So if your flashlight batteries are dead, it's not going to matter because this is a little handheld one. I also have a set of jumper cables. That's key in an emergency kit. I have a whistle. You never know if you're going to need a whistle. I know that a lot of people remember that story of the woman who uh, went missing a couple of months ago when she was approached by someone when her husband was turning the car around when they were setting up um, their campsite. And she got afraid and she ran into the woods. And then she got disoriented and lost. A whistle is something you should just keep with you all of the time. That story had such a happy ending. She was found and everything was fine. But a whistle is a good thing to have. Um, some other things, less important, but a raincoat, um, a screwdriver. Uh, usually we have a toolkit. I'll talk about that in a minute. A multifunction blade, a fire blanket. Those were some of the other things that came in my kit. Now, the kit I had came from Amazon.com. It was only $31. It folded up really nicely and, you know, just got a lot of nice stuff. There's a lot of options out there. I'm going to put up the link for the one I have. But since I bought mine, it seems like a lot of them are out there now. So, you know, just make sure that you have those important things in there. Okay, I want to talk about the tool kit for a minute because the tool kit uh, when you search these toolkits online, you know, they come in like a molded plastic thing and each tool fits into a little molded. So that's where the hammer goes and that's where the screwdriver goes. So when you're looking at these online, be careful of a couple of things. A lot of them are what they call a home improvement toolkit. So they have things in it that would like help you hang a picture on the wall or a little level. Like you would use a level in your camper, but... I don't know. I haven't used the measuring tape in my camper too much. So when you look at these, you want to be looking for ones that have tools in them like a combination pliers, um, an adjustable wrench. You really want those things that would help you in the trailer if you needed it. A socket wrench. Um, so when you look at the toolkits, a lot of times the home improvement things don't really contain the tools that you would need if you had some kind of operation to do on your camper. So you want to make sure it has an adjustable wrench in it. Um, a long nose pliers, something I've used quite a bit. Claw hammer. I usually use the claw hammer in my toolkit when my tongue jack gets stuck. I can't get the thing open. Sometimes I have to tape that down. Hex key wrench, never used it once, but it is in there. A ratchet handle, that's an important thing that you might use a lot. Um, I do have the socket wrench that fits the nut that is inside of my electric tongue jack. So last year, and I don't even remember who the manufacturer is, but my electric tongue jack was recalled. I didn't get it replaced right away because mine was working. And I thought, well, maybe I got lucky here, right? No, right? Get to the campground and I can't get the thing up or down. But I had had 
uh, the forethought to go ahead and make sure I had the socket wrench that could um, lower mine manually. So I knew how to do that. So it's important that you have that there. So when you look for your toolkit, think about the kind of things you might need in your camper. It's important to have a screwdriver, a flathead, and a Phillips head. I have had the latches come off the inside of my cabinet multiple times, and I've replaced those. I carry an electric drill with me, too, so I have that with me, but I have had to use that. So um, a cordless drill and attachments. I also keep that in my camper, and as I said, I've used that on my um latches on my cabinet doors. Um, I have tightened up little screws when your camper is new too and you're uh, going over very rough roads. If you're boondocking or off-roading, things get shook up, you know. So make sure that you choose a kit that has tools that are most likely to be used by you. Another thing that you should have in your car is a set of backup fuses. So I'm going to put the link online. There is a kit and it's $9.99 and it's got like 140 fuses in it and all the different colors and codes and it tells you which one you would need for your F-150. So I actually searched this by fuses that go in an F-150 and I found this kit. So I was at a camp out and it was when my um, manual... Um, Oh, something had gone inside my camper. The electric starter, I think, for my heater, the propane heater, I couldn't get it to go on. I had a blown fuse. Somebody had this little kit. I didn't have any fuses, so I went home and got it. But I made sure I have fuses that work for my camper and fuses that work in my car as well. Also, something that I always have in my car is the car manual. It's amazing how many times I have pulled this out. Everybody has one in their glove compartment. Sometimes a manufacturer will give you one that's kind of universal. So mine isn't for an F-150 specifically, but I have been able to find the things that I needed in it. Sometimes something just goes wrong or just just when you want to reset something in your car, it helps you to find it and figure out how to do it. And of course, you should always have a flashlight in your car. Okay, so those are kind of the safety things that I carry with me all the time, and they're they're in a milk crate, actually. So in the back of my truck, I have an old double milk crate, and my toolkit is in there, and all of my car things and, you know, stuff that I need. And then I have a little canvas bag that I carry these emergency things in. So number one, I went through the emergency kit, my thing the other day, thinking, hmm, do I really need this? Have I ever used it? But you know if I take it out, then I'm going to need it. So one of the things in my toolkit is a can of WD-40. Now, I used to use WD-40 when I had my vintage camper almost all the time. I was constantly pulling that thing out because there were so many things that would get stuck on old campers, especially with the hitch. I couldn't get things off. And I don't think I've used that can in WD-40 since I got a new camper, but I'm sort of afraid to take it out. I know the minute I do, I will need it. Or, you know, a lot of times somebody else needs it. It's not taking up a lot of space, so I'm just keeping it there. Black electrical tape and a wire cutting and splicing tool. Two times I have had to use these in my travels. Um couple years ago, I drove up to um, Rhinebeck, New York, and 
my camper was brand new and the the cord um the seven-way plug from the camper to the back of the truck was dragging on the ground i had lashed it up i thought but somewhere along the way it came and it almost completely cut in half I'm pulling up and all of a sudden I get this signal reading on the dashboard of the car that says um, trailer unhitched or trailer off or something like that. There's nothing that scares the heck out of you like seeing that. Anyway, when I got out in the pouring rain, I had been dragging that and it was almost completely cut in half. So it had, it had severed the wire finally that is telling you if the camper is connected or not. So... I was actually displaying my camper at the Country Living Fair, and I called around over the weekend to see if I could get someone to fix it. Nobody could fix it. One of the girl campers, who was such a sweetheart, came over, and between the two of us, we just cut that cord in half, and we got that cutting tool, and we pulled out all the wires, and we matched red to red, and black to black, and yellow to yellow, and we wrapped it all up in duct tape and plugged it in, and voila, it worked. <laughs> All the lights were coming on, brakes worked, everything, and I got the thing home and was able to uh, get it fixed uh, the following week. So that's kind of invaluable. You really need that. Another thing that I always use black electrical tape for is I have it in my truck all the time. I use it to cover LED lights in the camper and in hotel rooms. So nothing drives me more nuts than the, the lights on a microwave in a hotel room. They're this little blue light. But as soon as the lights are off and you fall asleep, suddenly it's so bright it's lighting up the whole room. And I like to like things to be Elvis dark, as black as can be. So I always have that little roll of black electrical tape and I just cover up all the LED lights wherever I go. So it's a good thing to have for that too. Emergency thing in your car, a phone charger. So, you know, everybody has a phone charger that they can be charging their phone on a USB port while they're driving or plugged into a 12 volt. But if your car battery is dead or you can't get your car started, you're not going to be able to charge your phone. You're not going to want to use what little juices in your battery to charge a telephone. So I always have um, a lithium backup. Um, I have two of them. And um, those things are invaluable. And one of them is kind of small, and I not so small that it's one of those pocket ones. I mean, this thing weighs, oh, it weighs a good pound or more probably, and it has a solar panel on it. So I can charge it at home. Um, it's a lithium battery. It takes a long time to charge. I need usually 24 hours to bring it back to fully charged. But once that thing is fully charged, it will take my phone from zero to fully charged like five times, and that's a lot. And if you were in an emergency, you would absolutely want that because your battery would use a lot of juice if you were roaming and trying to find help somewhere. So I have another one that is bigger and heavier, and that one tends to stay in my car. My smaller one that works on solar as well, um, I can take that around with me in my pocketbook, although it is kind of heavy, but you absolutely want to have that. Okay, your spare tire. It is amazing to me how many people travel with their RV and do not have a spare tire for their RV. So I have a spare on my Max, but it is mounted underneath the Max. And I recently had that taken off and I had a spare tire mount put in the back of my Max so that 
I could get at that tire if I was someplace and needed to change it myself. If I was someplace fairly busy, I would probably wait and have, you know, services come out and do that for me. That's what you pay for all those things for. But I have heard so many stories of people having to wait four, five, six hours for a service to come for a tire. I would change that thing myself. So you want to make sure you have a spare. You want to make sure that you can get access to your spare. You want to make sure you know ahead of time how to get your spare out. Um, The spare tire on my F-150, I I literally, I could not get that out by myself. I have watched people do it and I... I couldn't do it. I mean, it's it's not easy to get to, and it's not easy um, to lower down. It's it's just not easy. So I've seen it done, but I don't think I could do it myself. Although if I was really inspired to, I guess I could. So make sure you have a spare tire. And while we're on the subject of spare tires, make sure you have at least two cans of Fix-A-Flat. So Fix-A-Flat um, can help you if your tire was leaking, if you had a gash in your tire, depending on where the gash is, because uh, a gash on a sidewall is not going to be repairable with Fix-A-Flat, at least to get you to the next to the gas station to get it fixed. But Fix-A-Flat goes inside your car and it it, you have to drive the car then and it coats and it fills up your tire and it keeps it from leaking until you can get yourself to a gas station. It is to be used in an emergency and it's something that I've used several times over the years and I always keep two cans. You don't keep these in the back of the truck. They need to be kind of at room temperature or cool, uh, warmer to work. So I always keep these things in the pocket behind the passenger seat. I just have two cans sticking out there in case I ever need them. So spare tire. And if you have a spare, it's likely if you ever need it that it doesn't have the proper air in it. So again, back to that safety thing where you're going to need your own inflator. So you put that spare on check the PSIs on it, and then you're going to want to bring that up to the right speed or the right PSIs because when it's been sitting there, it's losing air every single month. So none of us generally regularly check our spare tires for air. Okay, another thing in the event of an emergency and not so much emergency, I just like this. I keep an old school Rand McNally map in my car on the spiral. You got to replace those things every three or four years because roads do get updated and new roads get put on there and old roads get taken off. And it's important to have kind of an up to speed one. I like these for two reasons. One is sometimes we're in places that are too remote for the GPS and you're just not getting the signal and you can't figure out where you are. Um, The other reason I like them is because when I get to the campground at night, especially if I'm just on one of my old back road tour things and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go from point A to point B tomorrow. Let, Let me see how I could get there without going on the highway. So I just like to study that map and then look on the map too to see what might be around me, you know, because maybe 20 miles away, there's some great little lake or something. So I just like that old school map to be able to look at it and figure out where I want to go. Okay, I want to talk about first aid kits for a minute because there's that little kind of corny first aid kit that comes with your car emergency kit, but that's not really a first aid kit. I have a really good first aid kit from a company called Vissel. V-S-S-L. It's a Canadian company. It's in a long red tube. It's got so much cool stuff in it. It's got a compass in it. It's got... um, 
It's got an emergency fishing hook in it if you ever needed to fish or catch things. Or it has a wire in it that would cut branches off of trees. So I have their emergency kit. I have their first aid kit. And these things are so neat. They were developed by survivalists and they're expensive. But the first aid kit, I think, was $99, and it has got a tourniquet in it. I mean, it's got such cool stuff in it. I actually took this to Ireland with me, and I used it a couple of times, not the tourniquet. <laughs> I'm happy to say I didn't need that, but I had to break out the Band-Aids a couple of times and, and the Neosporin, but really good um, first aid kit. Make sure you have that. Snow supplies, a scraper, a shovel, a lock de-icer, a blanket, and really good gloves. Um, if you were ever stuck in the snow or just stuck on a snowy day, I can remember coming home from Ohio. It was sleeting, snowing. It was absolutely awful. And I had my wipers just weren't working right. Uh, the... I couldn't keep my windshield clean. I had to keep pulling over and cleaning the windshield. It was just a big snow mess. So make sure you have good snow supplies with you. Um, zip ties. There's endless uses for zip ties. Let me tell you what one of them is not. Don't use zip ties on your license plate. The license plate rubs back and forth and eventually the zip tie actually uh, snaps in half and you lose your license plate. So zip ties, good for so many things, but not for license plates. Backup fluids for your car, the washer fluid and the antifreeze, it's just always good to have that. Um, a lighter, you never know when you might have to stop and start a campfire on the side of the road, or God forbid, a signal fire. <laughs> I hope you never have to start a signal fire. Have extra flashers, we talked about that. There's some that come in an emergency kit, but I have extra, and there's a lot of fun battery ones and flashing ones now. I also keep a Lucy light in my car. It's charging all the time on the windshield, and I've never needed it, but I might need it someday, and I just like having it. Okay, I wanna talk about a few of the comfort items I keep in my car. You know, when you're road tripping and sometimes when I'm gone for a very long time or I'm doing a lot of driving in a single day, especially when I'm not towing my camper, like if I'm just driving down to North Carolina and I'm going 13 or 14 hours and sometimes I'll do something like that in a day and I'm going to have to pull over and take a nap. And so I want a real pillow in my car. I do not want to roll up a sweater and try to wedge it under my neck. I keep a small car pillow, like half of a regular size pillow in the back seat. And I have a way of just pulling my seat down and adjusting that. And it's amazing how quickly you can doze off when you have a decent pillow. Um, I also keep two gallons of water in my car, drinking water. Um, I've really been on a thing about not buying single-use plastic. I have all these fantastic Camco drinking vessels. So I keep that in my cup holder and I just keep filling it up with the water gallons behind my car seat and then I just refill those in the hotel or wherever I am, wherever I can get potable water. I just refill those two gallons over and over. I think I've had those same two gallon containers in the back seat of my truck for about two years now. Just keep refilling them. So I like that I'm not using the buying water bottles and making single 
use plastic choices. I'm trying to cut down on that so much. Um, I keep a blanket in my car, just a little uh, lap robe in case I get cold and I get back from a hike and I'm cold and I'm waiting for my car to warm up. It's nice to have that for your lap. I always keep an umbrella and a raincoat in my car. And I keep snack food. So I have a little like picnic basket. It's not a big one, a small thing. But in it, I keep tea, coffee, instant soup. I keep protein, nuts, dried fruit, peanut butter, crackers. I keep all those things there because you never know when, you know, you might be stuck in between rest stops or someplace where you can get food. And I like having that. I also have talked about this before. I keep the cauldron hot water heater in my truck with me all the time now. So a company called Cauldron, this was on a gear guide of mine maybe two years ago. They gave me this to review for them. And I thought, oh, wow, this looks big and cumbersome. And, you know, when would I ever really need this, right? Coming home from a trip the trip I was just talking about where it was sleeting and raining like crazy. So this thing charges up and it has a lithium battery in the base. You fill it with water, you push the on button and in 60 seconds it'll boil a cup of water for you. I had to keep using this on the way home because my um, windshield wiper Uh, I had fluid in my windshield wipers, but it was so sleety and nasty out that ice kept forming over the little um, sprayer nozzles. And I had to keep getting out of the car and pouring hot water on them so I could clean my windshield. So it came in very handy for that. And I had to keep cleaning the windshield that whole trip. So ever since that has happened, I have kept this with me. But it's really nice, especially last year when I was going through Texas you can go a really long time in between stops. And, you know, I just pulled over and I'm looking at this gorgeous view and just taking in the scenery. And I'm like, oh, I'd love a cup of coffee. Well, guess what? I'm making one. I didn't have my trailer behind me. I was just rolling along. And it's just so nice to be able to crack that thing and um, make myself a cup of hot soup or a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a cup of whatever you want. It's great to have the hot water with you. So, That's my list of things that I keep in my car all the time. Um, There are things that I have started carrying with me um, when I first started RVing that I just realized, you know what, I just don't really need this. So um, this is what it's, you know, this is what it's like right now. This is what I currently have in my car. And some of these things are pretty steady. I mean, these are the things I generally keep with me all the time. So I hope it has helped you. I am probably not carrying things with me that other people are. So I would love to hear from you. If you have some must-have for you, maybe I should have it too. So please write in and let me know what you're carrying in your car. Thank you, everybody, for coming on the show today. And I really want to thank our friends at Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia. They are the first-time buyer's dealership. They have an experienced staff that will help find the right model for you, whether you're looking for a lightweight towable, a fifth wheel, a pop-up, a motorhome. Setzer's has like 125 new and used trailers on the site all the time. 
And their staff does this thing that I absolutely love. When you pick out a trailer there, they immediately go to your tow vehicle and they make sure that they're going to be a match because they're not going to let you drive away in something that is too big for what you're towing it with. So they always make sure that their customers are safe and they never let anybody leave without giving them their camping starter kit. Everybody who buys a camper at Setzer's World of Camping gets a, a, <laughs> gets a camping starter kit and I love it. They have so many of our girl camper favorites. They have R-Pods. They have A-Liners. They have Riverside Retros. To look at their selection online, go over to girlcamper.com and click on the link, and it's going to take you to setzersrv.com. Go and shop online. See what they got. I want to thank our other sponsors, Go RVing, Campco, manufacturers of 4,000 fantastic RVing, boating, and outdoor products, and Bankston's Motorhome in Alabama and Tennessee, and General RV with 13 locations around the country. That's our show for today, everybody. Have a great week. Happy trails.